Hi everybody, Denise Drummond-Dunn speaking from C3 Centricity. This week's post is called What a Customer-First Strategy Means for Marketing's 5 P's. All marketers know their 5 P's. That's product, people, price, place and promotion. But do you know what a customer-first strategy looks like in each of these? Here are some examples for you to adopt or adapt. People. This is the easiest of the five P's for a customer-centric organization to adapt because a customer-first strategy is all about your customers. However, in recent years there has been a lot of talk about the importance of employees, some even suggesting that they are more important than customers. I discussed this in detail in a post a couple of months ago, if you remember. It was called Customers Care About Products and Value, Not About Employees. You can check it out on the C3 Centricity website if you don't remember it or you'd like to refresh my perspective on this interesting topic. But personally, I believe that customers are your biggest asset as they are the ones who pay your wages and make your business thrive. It therefore makes sense to know them intimately. If you have a different perspective, then I'd love to hear about it. Uh, just go onto the website and leave a comment for me on the web, on the post. In C3 Centricity, I'm sure you know we use the 4W template to record and describe the customer persona of our clients' brands. And if you haven't downloaded, there's still a link to the free persona template on the website. In addition to knowing and describing your target customers in detail, the other tip I give my clients is to start and end every meeting by asking what your customers would think of the decision you're about to take or have just made. This one simple idea is incredibly powerful in identifying actions which are not customer-centric. I'll give some examples in the remaining four P's a little later. So, a customer-centric approach to your customers is both thinking about them in every action you take as well as knowing them as deeply as you can and keeping this knowledge constantly updated. Product. This is often seen as the most important P for many businesses. In fact, it is usually the one they think about day in and day out. But it's not the most important in a customer-centric organisation. Just think about it. Without knowing the P for people in great detail, you won't be able to optimise your offer in terms of the other four Ps. That's why it's a customer-first strategy that works. Here are some examples of how companies get it wrong and a couple of right actions for inspiration. Wrong. Any business that reduces pack content without informing its customers of it and the effective price increase. Read J.D. Roth's Hidden Price Increases at the Grocery Store for more on this topic and the link is provided on the website on the blog post. Wrong. Exaggerated claims or twisting the numbers of contained calories by having unnatural serving sizes. Seven potato chips, anyone? 
Or saying a product is 95% fat-free, but it refers to the weight, not the calories. I once heard that everything written on the front of a pack is a lie. Check this out with any pack and you'll see what I mean. There's sure to be something on it that's not strictly correct. Wrong. Making variant identification difficult for customers. Have you ever bought the wrong product because packs were the same colour and just the names changed? I know I have. Or have you tried to understand the differences between variants that have five or even seven descriptors? It's really confusing. Wrong. Running frequent product tests only comparing to the latest version. Although this is standard procedure, if you make regular tests for small changes which go unnoticed in the short term, they can amount to a big noticeable change over the long term. It's far better to compare results also to past best ones than only using the current benchmark. Wrong. Any company that makes it difficult for its customers to use their product. Think large bags of pet food or kitchen rolls without easy carry handles. Salad sauce or shampoo bottles which are impossible to open with damp hands. Sealed bags which split when opened and need to be stored in a different container. Wrong. Making pack or logo changes without finding what your customers like or dislike in the current one. Think about the much-publicised Tropicana pack disaster back in 2009 or the Gap logo change a year or so later. Or even more recently, the Coke Holiday Edition white can for their Coke Classic that consumers confused with the diet version and were understandably disappointed when they realised they'd bought the wrong variant. Okay, enough of bad stories. Here's a couple of good stories to inspire you. Right. Taking the customer's perspective when designing your packaging. Think deeply about how your customers will purchase, open and use your product. Don't make them struggle in any way, whether to carry, open, close or store it. Right. Working with your customers to perfect current and develop new products. This is by far the best way to guarantee that you stay connected to changing preferences. Right. Be transparent in your operations, your actions and your plans. If you aren't, whatever you try to hide will eventually be uncovered and then made public on social media, probably with an accusation of unethical behaviour. United have discovered this many times, not just in the recent weeks. A customer-centric approach to product is therefore once again thinking about your customers and involving them in your decision-making whenever it's possible. Price. You may think that a customer-first price is the lowest possible. It's not. People estimate the value of products and services that they purchase based in part upon their price. How many cheap products have you bought on sale 
only to wonder why you ever bought it when you got it home. You probably bought on price alone, excited by what appeared to be a good deal, and then realised your purchase didn't meet your needs or desires when you contemplated it more rationally at home. Research shows that customers value a better experience above price and it's actually expected to surpass both price and product by as early as 2020. Retailers like Aldi and Lidl have used their pricing strategies to position themselves against more traditional competitors. In these new super discounters, consumers accept limited choice for the sake of rock-bottom prices. However, as they expand their offering to include more well-known brands, they have positioned themselves to appeal to a growing target of purchasers. However, many manufacturers lose out as their margins are stripped to almost zero. This is why we are now seeing a slow realisation that there is a better way to do business than mere price cutting. Both retailers and manufacturers are adapting to a new consumer demand of value and not just low prices. Consumer goods companies in particular have for far too long relied primarily on price promotions to meet their sales targets. In other categories, Amazon has forced down pricing because people now check online before buying in many categories. However, as Amazon starts trialling their fresh online grocery deliveries and their bricks and mortar stores, the whole world of retail is about to change forever. As if lowered pricing is not challenging enough, people expect to receive something for free in exchange for their personal information online. Data has become the trading currency between consumers and product or service providers. This has resulted in many companies even changing their business models. Just one example of this is telecom that has become geolocalization data providers to many other industries. A customer-centric pricing strategy will enable businesses to continue to grow by understanding how to fix pricing levels more carefully. Knowing the value of what you offer and the importance of brand or service will enable retailers and manufacturers alike to continue to thrive. Place this is a major difficulty for every brand, especially if they have a lot of variants. The answer to improving your distribution is, and you've guessed it, yes, your customers, of course. The more variants you have, the more difficult it is, usually at least, to gain a wide distribution. However, if you know your customers as deeply as you should, then you will be able to identify their differences by region. You can then take advantage of these differences to make decisions about what to sell where. Since most retailers provide limited shelf space to each manufacturer, it is best used by showcasing your top selling variants in each area, plus eventual new offers that you want to test their acceptance.
Another place that is important to understand today is social media. Now, the Pew Research Center provides a great U.S. analysis that they've just updated for 2016 of the major channels by demographics, which is a great starting point. And there are similar studies available for Europe and Asia too. Ideally, you should know both where your customers are and when. That way you can present when they are open to messaging. But more about that in the next topic. The P of place is relatively easy for a brand to become more customer-centric. You just have to offer what your customers need, where and when they need it. Okay, I know it's easier said than done when you don't have full control over your distribution. This is one reason why many manufacturers are now offering their products directly to their customers through online shops. The change will certainly have a significant impact on retailers and it is only a question of time before they increase the prices of making goods available in physical stores. In so many categories today, outlets are mere showrooms for people to see before they buy online. Promotion. As with place, knowing what messages your customers are interested in receiving from you, and even more importantly, where and when, are one of the keys to successful communications. Whether it is advertising, price promotions, social media sharing or other advertising activities, understanding your customers deeply is the other foundation of success. An organisation which makes it difficult for customers to connect using their preferred channel is not customer-centric. So take a look at your own website contact page. Does it include email, postal and street addresses? Does it have a telephone number or live chat option? It should. But if not, then I bet it has a contact form with possibly a drop-down menu from which a customer chooses their reasons for reaching out. You probably ask them for all their details while not providing them with yours. Definitely not fair play, is it? Another related area of promoting your brands is PR. Quickly owning up when you've made a mistake rather than trying to hide it. This builds trust and customers will even forgive companies that do this. Honesty is definitely the best policy when it comes to your customers. A customer-centric organisation provides their customers with valuable information where and when they need it. They also communicate in ways which enhance their relationship and shows they value their business. If things go wrong, they open up quickly, inform the public, say how and why it happened and what they're going to do to put things right. They then go on to do just that by taking the appropriate actions, all the while informing their customers of their progress. So, what do you think about a customer-first strategy? Did you notice that the alternative way of thinking about each of the five P's involves the customer? Thinking and, above all, following a customer-first strategy is the new marketing objective.
I believe that both manufacturers and customers will benefit from a customer-first strategy. In fact, research from both Forrester and Gartner has now proven this. Customer-centric organisations grow seven times faster and are 60% more profitable. Makes you wonder why companies are not rushing to change, doesn't it? Marketing has been working with the five P's or the seven P's for decades, so perhaps it's time for an update. What do you think? Should they be translated into customer-first strategies? Why are some businesses still hesitating about moving to a customer-first strategy? Let me know by leaving a comment or responding on social media. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this topic. Until next time, thanks for listening. <music>